Hey everyone, welcome to the YWAM Kansas City podcast. Uh, my name is Austin Heil, this is Austin Schulz, this is Jeremy Palatow, and we are here with Mark Anderson. We are all interns here, we're a team from the Philippines that have been here for, I believe around six months now? Since August, uh, yeah. Yeah, since August. We'll be here for a little bit longer, around maybe a little bit less than a year, and we're just training with Mark and interning with him. And a quick side note for all of you who are continued listeners and watchers, the background is not normally what it looks like because it's, they're in, in the midst of renovations. So stick around, you'll see a brand new setup in the back. And today we're gonna to be talking about three roadblocks to following your calling. And that mm. calling might look vastly different for us, we're full-time missionaries. For you, you might be thinking, I wanna be a nurse or a teacher, or you wanna be in full-time missions, but you don't know how. But there are three roadblocks that whenever we were talking as a team, we we're like, these are three things we really wanna talk about with Mark because it's, he's really impacted us in our time here. Mm. The first one being, what is the word of the Lord? How do I know that I'm even following the calling that the Lord has for me to <clears throat> eliminate distractions, but then to also follow what he has for us? The second one being sacrifice. What does sacrifice actually look like? How do I know what to sacrifice? How much do I sacrifice in the midst of the battle? If it's really hard, do, is this just something I have to give up or is it something that I should <laughs> hang on to? And the third one being the value of training. How do we prepare for the battle before us? How do we prepare for what the Lord has for us? And how do we do this in longevity, with longevity, so that we can do this for the rest of our lives and not just give up after three years? <clears throat> and so the first thing that we kind of want to just ask you, Mark, is can you just define what you think a calling is? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, that's the word of the Lord that comes, and we have a clarity about what we're supposed to do. But fundamentally, the problem is in this era that people are, have it all convoluted with their human desires. Mm. And they don't really understand how is, what the Lord's saying. I mean, look through the scripture, all the different callings that are in the word of God, those are, those are actually cross-grain with what made sense. Mm. Yeah. Like Moses. You know, he already was positioned in Egypt. He had all the authority. He had the ability to change and shift things for the Jewish people. The Lord had to take him out of that 40 years and put him out in the wilderness somewhere before he was ready to go back and be used to the Lord to do his assignment. Make sense? Yeah. So all through the scripture, it's like that. So people say, well, I'm led to do this, I'm led to do that. I mean, I'm, I'm always suspicious because I, even in schools and DTSs, everybody's called to the beach or the mountains, you know? Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, okay, God's really into the beach, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, come on. So the training location isn't even something they're clear on, much less the calling of God. Yeah. So then they, that gets convoluted with, well, I want to make money. You know, everybody goes, fears now. I mean, it's like, I want to go into the marketplace. I want to shift business. I want to, well, what does that even look like? What does that calling even look like? And yeah. so we have to go back. I don't mm -hmm. disagree with that, by the way. Yeah. And I've been involved in some of that in my lifetime and work a lot with um, thousands of business leaders and different frameworks. So I'm not saying we don't engage with the spheres. I'm saying that the framework that people are operating from and their calling isn't even fundamentally grounded in where you start. No. Okay, mm -hmm. who am I? We don't, can't even answer that question. Yeah. That's a Genesis 1 question. You know, we've had that, right? Yeah. We've been yeah, talking sure. about that. Even how you enter into the kingdom of God and you operate with the Lord on that level. And then why am I here? Which is really what they're asking. They're not the calling, you know, I want to be this, I want to be that. I mean, really, we've all been, well, I don't even know your ages. <laughs> <laughs> I've been 18, 20, 22, 24, 26, you yeah. know, 
trying to come up with an answer for somebody to say, this is what I'm called to do, right? But it yeah. changes like every 10 minutes. Yeah. And I, I rationalize it. I get it all figured out. You know, same with callings into a mission field. I remember once I was listening to a DTS class, all hearing God about where they should go on outreach in DTS. And, you know, there was, I think, 90 students, and they came up with 72 locations. Well, do the math. <laughs> Who's going to lead the team? I mean, there is no team. It's just everybody's going to a different direction. <laughs> and then the countries they were naming were the, the last ones that were on the news. Yeah. <laughs> so we get these things so mixed up. Yeah. And what we have to sort out first mm. is who we are. And then why are we here? Yeah. And why is the world such a mess? And how do we solve it? Right? Mm. These are the fundamental questions that I think every one of us are trying to answer, particularly when we're young. And then from that perspective of understanding really what we're doing, then we have to learn the skills. We have to form the partnerships. We have to really get a biblical perspective on spiritual warfare. We've got a lot of things that have to happen in order for us to actually engage our assignment. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time we run out with, I think this is where God's calling me, and we go to that place, and yeah, the Lord does significant things to help us. But many, 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 many missionaries are out there one year, two years, three years, and don't have the skills to do what they're assigned to do. Yeah. Don't really know how to, how do I buy a property, build a property, build a base, do an outreach, do evangelism, do anything, because yeah. nobody's mentored them. Yeah, yeah. All they have is a case study somewhere that they saw, or a great story that they heard, or a couple books they read, and they think that is actually the training necessary to go out into the mission field. Yeah. So we, that's what, we're doing here with this internship is we're yeah. saying let's clarify what this calling actually is how do we partner that with other people to make have an effect and then what are the skill sets that we need to actually do this yeah mm. yeah does that make sense yeah, yeah. is that what you're kind of feeling when we're yeah. in this class yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no for sure I was hoping you'd uh, greet me happy birthday because today's my birthday. Actually. Oh, <laughs> happy birthday! <laughs> yeah, it so, wasn't on my calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah come on. Um, yeah, it's our, so I we didn't tell him. Yeah, I've uh, today's birthday. I turned 27, and actually seven years ago was the first time I joined YWAM, and in that whole process, I think the first thing that a discipleship training school or DTS taught me is like who I am, and after knowing who I am, I was like, okay, what can I do? What's the next steps? And it took me seven years to finally find some kind of training, something yeah. that could actually lead my calling or lead me into some kind of assignment of what I mm. need to do. What's uh, like, my question, I guess, is what, how do I shorten that time? It took me seven <laughs> years, you know, like, and now I have some kind of sort of direction and in a way to like harness this calling. A good, good question, yeah. Jason. Um, well, Jesus is a good example, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What did he do? I mean, he could have addressed any group of people he wanted to. Yeah. He took 12, he took 40, he took 120, and 500, each yeah. with different amount, amount of time yeah. that he invested in each one, right? The 12 are the ones he was close to, but even three. Yeah. You know, what we're doing is Q&A. We're going back and yeah. forth. It's a, yeah. it's a deeper mentoring than a one-week flyby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're in these calls all the time talking to people saying, come to the messenger internship, right? What is the number one thing everybody says? Oh, I'm really busy. Yeah. Okay, you can be really busy doing something half-baked and not really knowing what you're doing for 40 years and really not accomplish what you're trying to get done really in the mission field. Or you can actually learn some skills and figure some things out early so you don't make those mistakes. Mm -hmm. yeah. People don't really know how to 
do it, build it, fund it, staff it, organize it. Now, can God download some stuff for you and you have supernatural stories? Well, he better. You'll have plenty of those opportunities, and God gets the glory for that. But that's not how you do it. Jesus mentored the 12. You know, he mentored the three. He took time with them, and they stumbled around. I mean, they stumbled at the very last story. I mean, they were messing up even when he was talking to them. You know, before you ascended into heaven after the resurrection, they still yeah. hadn't figured out what was going on. Yeah. They went back to their job. Yeah, they did. Right? So this is the example in Scripture of who we are as people. Mm. So you have to find people in a multi-generational connectedness, yeah. people that succeeded, that really have gone before you, that have done some stuff, and figure out from them some things before you make the same mistakes or never figure it out at all. Yeah. The truth is that many, many, many missionaries are not productive. Well, I would say most. Yeah. Most go into the field and they're getting supported because they're in a foreign country. Somebody said, if you just go there, yeah. you know, that God will show you and it'll work. No, yeah. it won't. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's once in a while the Lord sovereignly sends somebody somewhere. They connect with somebody on the ground. The person they connect with on the ground has the understanding of what is supposed to happen. Those stories are wonderful. Yeah. But most young people of your age that are going into the mission field actually get stranded somewhere in a foreign country, do their newsletters, their reports back yeah. to the people back in the wherever they're getting their money, and all a bunch of pictures with kids and tell a bunch of stories to show that they're really doing something. The fact is they're not really shifting anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I meet them all over the world, and that is not a criticism. That is a real evaluation. Yeah. And so you guys know that because yeah. we've had many, many, many hours yeah. together. Yeah. I've had the occasion, the opportunity, the blessing from the Lord to work with a lot of the most productive Christian missionary leaders in the world in a very deep level in the past decades and looking at what they did when they shifted countries and places and did things that were significant and learned all these principles and ideas and all these partnerships so we know exactly how to do it and the lord has just really made it clear to me that i have to take this phase of my life and invest in people like you others and with other leaders that we draw in right in all their specialty areas and say yeah you don't have to wonder how to do that we can actually introduce you to it show you how to do that again how to fund how to staff how to organize how to do anything how to work in the field we've seen over three million people come to christ in the field real numbers you not look at a crowd and estimate. Mm. We're talking about names. Yeah. We've church planning movements, and, 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 and. So how is that done? Mm. Yeah. How is it done? That's a long <laughs> answer to your short question. <laughs> yeah. But that is the internship. Yeah. yeah. And people should come in with a group if they can. And so they work on a project. And we can talk about how they map it, how they measure it. You know, what do they actually have to look at? What has mm. to be done in advance? What's the cross-cultural framework? You know, what does that field look like? You know, what's what are you measuring in the yeah. end that you're accomplishing or not accomplishing? Yeah. Other than just go to the country and you yeah. know say you're there. Yeah. Does this make sense? Yeah. I think it's super relatable. Um, like we've all been in the Philippines for around a year and a half to two years, and I moved there just off of this desire to go to the nation. Um, be in the country, use basketball. But I think pretty quickly I realized there's there's so much more that's possible and I just didn't really understand what I even needed to know um, to see something effective and long-term 
So I think you're hitting the spot like completely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I want to ask a question that's very similar to all these, but I graduated college uh, almost two years ago now, about a year and a half ago. Yeah. And I thought I was, well, for, while I was in college, I was studying kinesiology, so I was ready to go jump into that field, be a personal trainer <laughs> and a coach, very far cry from what I'm doing now. Um, but I had that passion and that vision. I'm like, man, I want to go change the business world because no one sees missions in the business world from the circles that I was in. So I was like, man, I'm excited to go bring Jesus here. But obviously the Lord led me in a different direction. Now I'm a full-time missionary trained to go back to the Philippines. But how do we know that the things that the Lord's, like the passions in our heart, a lot of yeah. people are like, man, this is what I'm passionate about. So this is what I want to do with the Lord. This is what I feel like the Lord is calling me to do. But whenever I'm thinking college kids, why, why should they come somewhere to get trained whenever they already have their degree and they already have the things that their knowledge that they need for their business? And how do they know that they're really hearing the Lord of, oh, I need to go jump into a job immediately because that's the next step that they should be doing in what everyone says you should be doing. Well, it's a huge question, of course. We could spend hours on this, and you're, you're dealing with some of the more fundamental things that are being discussed right now, like business for missions, business as missions. Yeah. How do I? People go into a career track, and I have, I mean, as you know, we have six children, my wife and I, and, yeah. you know, five of our children are married, and we have 18 grandchildren, and, well, you know, great grandchild, grandchild. Yeah, great grandchildren. <laughs> so they're all in different stuff. Yeah. Medical doctor you know, two MBAs in business and yeah. this and this and this, right? And what most people do is they go into the career track and then try to figure out how's that, how's that missional. Mm, yeah. And you can be missional in anything. Yeah. But to figure it out after the fact, mm. you know, you usually don't get it done. I've known many, many, many business people, you know, worked with large business networks and they're always asking this question, how can we do business for missions or business as missions? All we hear is as, as a business person is, well, give money to your church or give yeah. money mm -hmm. to that ministry. Well, is that it? Okay, I guess I'm a money machine and I, yeah. I just fund everybody that does yeah. all the stuff I want to do. Yeah. You know, and I've had so many of those conversations and so it is with everything else. You mentioned coaching or, business, or uh, sports. Some years ago in Youth of the Mission, I the Lord really started stirring me on how to use the spheres, yeah. which everybody talks about, mm -hmm. the spheres of influence and culture, or the mountains as some call them, but use them to engage the lost. And so I started something called Impact World Tours. Impact World Tours in 1993, yeah. using arts, <clears throat> entertainment, sport, extreme sports, media, to engage a generation across the earth. So then the issue became, well, how do you take that? I mean, Island Breeze, a bunch of great dancers, use yeah. culture, mm. but they really hadn't seen anybody come to Christ in 10 years. Great team. Yeah. Everybody yeah. just, you know, Christians are all celebrating in churches. You know, that's wonderful and beautiful. Yeah. Well, we had to work on using the arts as a presentation of the gospel and then how you actually bring in the net. Well, they've led hundreds of thousands of people to Christ since they started engaging on that level with us. Mm in you know, 1994 yeah. uh, so it is with the next team and the next team we use skating and dancing and you know DJs and all kinds of stuff yeah to reach over 3 million people in some 3,000 cities around the globe wow. how do you do that yeah well I can't tell you on this podcast <laughs> yeah but I'm saying to those who are listening to this podcast guys we can connect those dots yeah 
we can all the things we call spheres can be used to bring a transformational effect in a geographic area among a particular group of people. But because that hasn't been really worked through, and it hasn't happened through partnerships, which it, it must happen through partnerships, most people that are in all those categories that they went to college for don't know how to make it missional. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then they go, well, I'm already busy. I'm already doing this job, whatever that job yeah. is. Well, the truth is you're going to work that job the rest of your life, and you're going to make some money, and you're going to have a family, and you're going to get old, and you're never going to accomplish the missional aspect of it if you don't yeah. learn what that is. That's yeah. good. So my, yeah. my exhortation yeah. is, guys, yeah. you can take three months, six months, nine months out of your life and really learn some of these things and how to connect those things to missions mm. with a missional effect, yeah. or you can just work 40 years and yeah. Die and hope you did something. Yeah, true. I mean, that's really blunt. Yeah. But I'm old, so I can do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've watched so yet. many people get to the end of their lives and wish they could do something missional. Yeah. And they actually look at me and go, oh, what you do? I wish I could do that, and, but I'm locked into this. Yeah. You can. Everything can become missional if we understand the principles behind it. Yeah. Mm, that's really good. I think a good... Uh, one last question on this first roadblock that we were talking about with was how do you hear the calling and it's a good time for the second part is how do we actually like just a quick succinct as succinct as you can be <laughs> how do you actually hear the Lord for your assignment if you yeah. present it with an opportunity that oh man this could be awesome this training sounds amazing but I really feel like the Lord has been calling me for this how do we actually know that we're hearing the Lord correctly for our well, assignment nobody gets a you know audible voice for everything you do in your life. I mean, yeah. this idea that people that talk about, you know, I had this prophetic, this and that and that. I, I'm, I love prophetic. I love dreams. I love all that stuff, right? But some people are just that they're looking for the latest. Okay, you have a word for me? You know, pray over me. It, it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. Let's get real here. I mean, I've had a lot of encounters and you've heard me talk about mm -hmm. them. Yep. But when you have a dramatic encounter, usually attached to it is a really significant assignment. Yeah. And the yeah. reason you're having the encounter is because this is going to cost you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 30 sure. years later, you're going to still be doing it, and you're going to suffer, and stuff's going to happen. So God makes it really clear on the front side, yeah. right? So the leading of the Lord is more um, multi-generational. Mm. You really have to include mm. spiritual leaders in different levels that have gone before you yeah. to help you sort that stuff out. And, of course, that's scriptural. When there is a word, you test it. Mm. Yeah, uh, it, you have to really when you're young, it's so mixed with your human desires. Yeah, because you're you haven't matured. And that's just a fact. Okay, somebody can say yeah. I'm mature. I'm yeah. 19, and I, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, I'm in my 60s, and I'm still working on it. So you did better than me. You, you don't have that sorted because we're so humanistic, self gratifying, mm. that you know we think that's the leading of the Lord, but in fact. A lot of people go with the adventure in mind. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And if they hurt somebody, you just come back and they have a report and they were just in that location. Yeah. And they go, well, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, I've worked with thousands of leaders, you know, last little round here, decade plus, 60,000 leaders from every country of the world. I know what they go through. Mm. You know, I, we have those stories. So I think in part, during this time they could really figure out with God and with yeah. others and older leaders what their calling really is. Yeah. But not just what the calling is, because you'll never know on the front end you're full calling. Yeah. yeah. The Lord will give you peace. But you can acquire some understandings and principles 
that will guide you through mm-hmm. all the aspects of it That's your whole good. life. Yeah. And so how do you hear the voice of the Lord? Yeah. How do you track with the Holy Spirit? How do yeah. you discern whether this is me or this is God, which you really have to do. Yeah. yeah. So you don't waste your time. Yeah. Well, during your life, time. right? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's I think that's perfect to segue kind of into the next thing we want to talk about with the cost of our calling and what you had mentioned it a little bit, knowing these leaders who've did it and for 40 years what they've gone through. Can you just take us a little bit into what it looks like to really pay the price on the field, no matter what that is, where it is? Well, the Lord doesn't tell us that ahead of time because we probably wouldn't sign up. Yeah, true. I mean, once in a while we do like the Apostle Paul when he's knocked down, but that's a very dramatic thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then he's told by the prophet what he must suffer Mm -hmm. for the name of Jesus. So you do get that sometimes, you know, but if God showed us too much, we probably wouldn't sign up. (laughs) Yes. Right, because yeah. all we have is the, the glorious side. You know, I'm going to go to the nations. I'm going to have the adventure. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to have a lot of money. I'm, you know, I'm going to have this dramatic effect where I go. Well, you know. the truth is you get there if you go that way, and pretty much you don't have anything you just said. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, the, one of the principles I taught you in these last months was what? The birth, the death, and the rebirth of a vision. That's the pattern in the Word of God. And if you don't know that pattern, you need to learn that pattern because this is all through the Scripture, including Christ himself and what he went through. So the will of the Lord being sorted out, knowing what God's will is, what we just talked about, is really important and significant. How did, you know, Revelation chapter 12 says this, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and loving not our lives yeah. even to the point of yeah. death. Well, gee, sign up. <laughs> this is yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, God doesn't, he tells us that in his word and we see the patterns. I mean, I often heard people teach on Hebrews chapter 11, the faith heroes, and I love that. They overcame, they overcame, they overcame, they overcame. Well, the second half of that chapter is everybody that didn't see it in their lifetime. Mm. They died, they were sodden too, they were imprisoned, they were chained. You know, the world wasn't worthy of them, but they invested in something for the next generation. Well, how many people want to do that calling? Yeah, I don't think anybody. You see, I want to go to that country and be martyred so I can make a way in that country for the next generation to do something for the kingdom. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) So, again, the Lord won't show us all that, but we have to learn the principles, understand the Word of God on these Mm. issues. So we're ready. A beach and a coffee shop sounds a lot nicer than that. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I'm going to go do a coffee shop for missions. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that in 40 years. But, you know, usually it's coffee shops and gyms, you know, but rarely do they make the impact everybody thinks they're going to make. Hmm. I'm going to go build a business, and this business is going to be a witness. You know, sometimes that happens. But largely people don't know how to do business if they're trained for missions. Yeah. That's true. So they fail. Yeah. Yeah, I really like what you said. Um, back in 2014, I had the option. I had three choices, either to go back to school, finish med school, uh, continue working as a youth pastor, or to staff a DTS. And it was a choice <laughs> that the Lord had given me. I was like, all right, which one of these do I choose? It's like, and all three was my intention was like, I'm going to do it and give glory to God or, you know, use my doctorate degree to, you know, go to be a doctor on missions or continue working at the church and and it was a hard choice because all three i wanted to step out in but the one that ultimate choose was to go back to staff at dts um 
And the thing that pushed me to actually do it is because I just wanted to fall more in love with God. Um, do you think that's something that we need to come back first? Is like, I want to evaluate where my position is with the Lord first when making a choice. Huge question again. You guys are asking great questions. <laughs> They're big, though. These are hours and hours and hours. I learned early on in missions, because I, I, mean, I was actually in missions 17 years before I joined YWAM some 30-plus years ago, yeah. right? That gives you a little bit of my age. But um, the Lord was dealing with me even then in the 80s and 90s and about connecting what we call prayer movements yeah. with missions movements. And, you know, then I ended up connecting here in Kansas City with the International House of Prayer and Mike Bickle, who founded it, who is the one of the best teachers, if not the best, on intimacy. Wow. Yeah. You know, our the bride-bridegroom relationship. I would take that a little bit further. That's the personal aspect that we move out from, is that deep intimacy with the Lord. And that the intimacy with the Lord is the the safest and surest way to know as well. Now going back to that question. But then you have the intercessory aspects. You know, the Zechariah 3 and 4, Joshua, it's a rubble piece, you know, which I can't go into this podcast, but... It's really big. Yeah. Yeah, is that you is. shift things in the unseen? Why you shift things in the seen? Yeah. Okay. So your heart's desire to draw near to the Lord. Yeah. You know, not really going to go wrong there. Yeah. For sure. If the Lord's going to take you into med school after that, then you'll go with intimacy. Yeah. And you'll go deeper into the things of God. And largely, YWAM helps people for one year before they do something else. Yeah. The millions that have come through DTSs haven't gone into YWAM. In most cases, yeah. mm. often they go into something else. So that's okay. And the decision to be closer, more intimate, do what's necessary to get intimate is really a good decision. You know, so this is all part of it. You hear yeah. me talk a lot about this. And we're in Kansas City, one mile from the International House of Prayer. On our campus, we have a prayer room 25 hours a week with some of the best worship leaders. Yeah. That's because we need that. Yeah, that's mm. yeah. true. We need it. Yeah. I'm thinking back to, I mean, all of us were three newly we- newlyweds. I got married just over four months ago, him four months and eight days ago. Yeah. Then <laughs> him, just he's the oldie in the group. He's been married for <laughs> eight months. What, a solid eight, eight months. months, yeah. He's uh, you know, the one that really poured into our lives for any oh marriage advice you know. <laughs> um, And we, all of us have had a stint in Kona. Speaking of which, you just came back from Kona. You're looking very tan. <laughs> like you had a great time. Um, but yeah. Kona... Kona's great, and I've we all loved our time there. That's a, a moment that we were all really able to, um, I don't know, see the Lord in a brand new way. I remember whenever I went after a year of college, and I was like, dang, the, Jesus is so much greater than I've ever experienced. Yeah. Kind of that moment that yeah. Jeremy was talking about, that like, oh, my gosh, he's amazing. And I, but I think even tying it back into what you said at the beginning, the Lord isn't always going to bring you to the beaches and the mountains. It's not always going to be the pretty locations. I mean, even think it, <laughs> it's not always going to be a DTS. You know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think even, even think us in the Philippines, the Philippines is a beautiful country and we have an amazing base, but it's not like every single day we're going to a beach and we're going swimming and we're doing all this different stuff. Yeah. Most of the time it's just hot and yeah. muggy and snakes. Volcanoes erupting nearby and <laughs> yeah. pandemics just down yeah. the and country. And a typhoon <laughs> on top of it. It's, yeah. it's awesome. And to be honest, it doesn't sound very like glorious it doesn't sound like oh my gosh this is the cool hip new thing it sounds like a lot of work and it sounds like it's going to be a challenge and it sounds 
like all this different stuff. So as we're in the midst of, like we were talking about before, people hearing the Lord for what their calling is, how can you choose to do something that you know is going to be extremely difficult? Well, you've got to, yeah. I'm not going to make this simple and trite because it isn't. Yeah. And it, 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 it's against so many aspects of our humanistic, trained, <laughs> self-indulgent indulgent tendencies. Yeah. And you, you've heard me teach from the key to Christianity is living from the inside out. You don't live from the outside in. Yeah. Not your five senses and what you see, hear, taste, touch, and smell doesn't determine the will of God. And then you have the soul, mind, reason, intellect, will, memory, emotions, and conscience that have to be discipled. That's the sanctifying that the Bible talks about. Mm. But the inner aspect, the spirit of that you have, human spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, that's what you learn through a lifetime how to live from. Yeah. So you have to learn from the live from the inside out. If you're anchored from the inside out, the externals don't change you. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't, in other words, your your peace, your joy, your, you know, Jesus said, for the joy set before me endured the cross, you know, or it says in Hebrews. Uh, this abiding joy, this abiding peace, this pe- what goes on on the inside of you doesn't shift and change. I mean, Paul's writing these letters from prison in many cases. Yeah. And talking about this. Yeah. All right, so whatever the calling is, whatever the cost of the calling is, which sounds like a super big deal when you're just evaluating it that way. You know, mm. this is gonna, could happen, this could happen. Yeah. It's gonna affect my money, it's my comfort levels, you know, back into the Philippines. You know, I can't go to this mall, I can't do that, this, these 17 things I'm doing when I'm in DTS, you know, in some Western setting or whatever. Um, that won't, affect you if your heart if your framework is living from the inside out if your heart is right mm-hmm. heart mean the spirit and the soul which are the two parts of the heart yeah are aligned with the will of god then you're settled for life yeah you're settled for all the circumstances all the situations and you that will that's the rock the anchor yeah that's why prayer and missions coming together was such a significant thing the lord brought to my life early because that personal intimacy, that pursuit of the Lord on that deepest level, learning how to hear the voice of God you know, from the Spirit on the inside, having the mind of Christ, all these things anchor you so that you can do whatever yeah. the assignment is. Yeah. And they'll change over your lifetime. And circumstances will change of the cultures you're in. They're shifting really fast right now. Yeah. I'm mean, working with the, the underground church in China. And yeah. Just what I knew was they were already going through because they'd already gone through a tremendous, you know, 50 years of great persecution. But knowing that they're going to go into a more severe one coming, mm. you know, a whole different conversation on how you prepare for missions. Yeah, yeah for sure. But they're doing that. Well, you anchor. Yeah. You have to get your spirit. And the, the, this human life is short. Mm, yeah. You know, your body's going to fail and it's going to go back to the dirt. So that's not the, the eternal issue. Yeah. yeah. In, but again, this, these are all such big yeah. subjects. Yeah. So, but we do cover this kind of stuff yeah. in this yeah. training because it's necessary. Yeah, mm. yeah, I agree with you in, in the anchoring and <clears throat> and all that. And so, you know, when like I said, seven years ago, I jumped in straight into missions. And something I didn't have that you touched on, and kind of like what Paul did, he, he wrote pastoral letters to a mm. young Timothy. And I, sometimes I see myself as this young Jeremy, young Timothy who went out, who didn't have that person to encourage me, to, to didn't have that you know person to, to hey, like live from the inside out, 
have all these tips and tricks and things that an older Paul had taught me. So is there, like how you say mission and prayer uh, need to come married together in this, is there some kind of connection between a younger and older generation, a multi-generational thing? Yeah, that Malachi 4. Yeah. Yeah, the fathers, hearts of the fathers turning mm. to the younger and the younger turning to the older, you know. Yeah. It's necessary in this era. Again, Jason, that's a, I wish that was always the case where young people were were truly deployed, not just sent. Yeah. Sending is kind of like, hey, goodbye. Mm. Pray over you, bless you, be yeah. anointed. Talk to you later. Yeah. Uh, too much of that. Yeah. Really what um, has to be is deployment, almost in mm. a military context. Yeah. You know, when you deploy a platoon or you assign some part of the military to go into a particular battlefield, you make sure that all of the things they need are there. Yeah. That's deployment. Mm. What I've been trying to do, and you know, sometimes did well, sometimes still trying to figure it out, is like we've pioneered a number of base locations, yeah. you know, seven of them, is each of those locations really undergird them for a period of years, help train the staff, help set up the infrastructure, teach them the financial aspects, you know, help them define the mission field where they are. Yeah. And really second year, third year, fourth year, they start getting into it. Yeah. You can't just send them. Yeah. And let them flounder around and try to figure it out with some obscure spiritual principle. Yeah. Um, yes, God's real. He'll help you. He's always present. But the biblical pattern is mentoring. Yeah, true. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's what we have tried to do. So I would say to anybody, if you have a missions assignment of one kind or another in any category, that's why we connected with these 60,000 leaders over these last you know decade plus. Mm. What we call call the wall because we have to partner yeah. to get this stuff done. I've been teaching you on yeah. partnership yeah. just in the recent weeks. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't partner and know how to partner, yeah. then you're trying to do everything yeah. instead of bringing the strength of the partnership to the table. That's really good. So, yeah. again, this is the long term relationship. Yeah. This is the way it's a deployment. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that's how it has to work. And that's, yeah. that's something I really appreciate about this internship is that you've brought to light things that we don't know, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And, and half the things <laughs> that you talked about, like in <laughs> the last six about, months, yeah. like we're like, well, we didn't even know yeah. that we need to be thinking yeah. about finances, the structure of like yeah. admin and all these things of how to set up a yeah. base or even want to set goals for what we want to yeah. see for a transformation. Yeah. And so I think that's something I really appreciate. And just in six months yeah. of learning from in this, in this yeah. internship. I, yeah. I often think about, um, whenever Jesus and the disciples were around for, with mentoring them for three years, there's so much stuff that isn't in the Bible and conversations they had with Jesus. And I'm sure they were, they were joked around sometimes. I'm sure that there were like more casual conversations and more teaching that we didn't even get. And thinking back to my college days, my favorite professor, shout out Dr. P. Um, my favorite <laughs> professor was the one who I felt so comfortable with going to his office later on and just having conversations. And I think that's one of the things that mm. I've appreciated the most in answering this last question, like what does our generation need to be, like why does our generation need to be trained? Do we need to be trained? It's that it's so much more than just like a, oh, someone who's going to stand at the front and teach you. It's the dialogue and it's the conversation. The question and, and answers. The question and the answers. Yeah. It's the joking around and the things that have really impacted me. It's thro throwing the markers at Jeremy that really just impacted me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
and the different like the small moments that you don't normally get in like a uh, either even in like a college setting or just in a mentorship or internship setting. So that I've really appreciated that to know that like we have someone that we can learn from and is willing mm. to give their time and their yeah. energy to. Yeah, I think you hit so many things today that really relate to all of us and even just the journey that we've been on. Some of us a little bit different, some of us in nations, but just identifying that um, there's so many things that go into that we don't really even know yet, like yeah. Jeremy had hit on. That we only know, we, we don't yeah. know what we don't know. Yeah. Um, and I think Austin had kind of just said, like, what does this generation need? And if you were to look at this young generation with passion <laughs> and zeal, what are, what are some of the things that you could just share? Like, if they could get a hold of this, we would see something change in this generation. Yeah. There's some things that are, <clears throat> excuse me, universal and global. Yeah. There are some things that are unique to particular cultures. Mm-hmm. But across the globe, the enemy has tried to um, make this generation fatherless. Yeah. Um, and so they're missing people to help them. Yeah. yeah walk with them, invest in them and carry them and do what older generations need to do is cover the weaknesses while they learn and grow and mature. That's yeah. really good. So that's one aspect. <clears throat> Excuse me. The, uh, the models of missions have changed radically. Mm. And the idea that we can apply even stuff from 30 years ago yeah. just move it over to now and make it work. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. How we do everything is changing so rapidly. Mm. Yeah. And your generation's off balance. Mm. You know, it's like it's hitting them so fast and coming at them from so many directions, they're not even quite sure how to respond. And, and it, they're just like, you know, they're reeling yeah. mm. with the immorality and the you know, communication has shifted so much around the globe and how learning happens and relationships are artificial and so many things are coming at you. Yeah. All right, so you need actually, I think, uh, some older generations yeah. to kind of stabilize you, bring you back to what's important, re- really help you think through and consider what, mm. you know, the real issues are. Really Take family just for a second, one minute. We have a lot of conversations about real simple things like how does a marriage work? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how do you raise kids? Yeah. What's God's view on these things? Because this that is being attacked on every level across the globe. You know, there's so many immoral movements that are coming against that. Yeah. And uh, just shattering that. So we do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. You it's, see, yeah. and those conversations have to go alongside the missions assignment. Because one of the three things that always takes out missionaries is actually the relational dynamics. Yeah. Mm. And the, a lot of the kids go into the mission field and grow up bitter toward it. Yeah. So even raising families in a missional mm. framework, it has to be thought through and yeah. talked through. Yeah. That's yeah. really good. Basically, like, kind of what I've been picking up since being here for the last six months is it's just setting us up for longevity. It's setting us up to be able to do it in the long term. Yeah. Um, so we don't get what you like to say, the three-year exodus where people are super zealous for your three years. And it's like, and even if it, whether it's in business or in missions, it's like three years, you're on it. But then after that, it's kind of like, oh, kind of fall off a little bit. Mm-hmm. But setting us up for long term that we can do this until the day that we die. And we can be proud to say that whenever we're 
50, 60, 70, 80 that we're like, man, we ran our race well and we're proud Good. of what we've That's done. That's right. Yeah. I, think I want to add this to that. This is really important. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry I interrupted <laughs> no, you, no, no, but I don't want to miss this point because we have the woman at left or whatever here. Yeah. yeah. You know, we tend to take young people and put them in a school. <clears throat> Excuse me, to put them in a school, to put them in a school. And that's kind of the end game. Yeah. And there's reasons for that I won't go into. <laughs> okay, that <laughs> leaders do, particularly in a YM context. And, yeah. you know, it's helped subsidize the campus, and, you know, it's how you add your staff and all the rest of it. Um, but that doesn't really show you how to do the stuff in the field. Yeah. That doesn't bring you to deployment. I just want to say this internship is not about having a school and get people into a school. Mm. It's really about, you know, who really wants to uh, take some time relationally and through teaching from people who have done it, mm. get ready to be deployed missionally in whatever category of life you're in and work on your plan. Because mm, they can come as a group even, whatever the assignment is, and work on what that plan looks like. Yeah. Start putting that together geographically, demographically, drawing up the plan. So they have a clarity about where they're going. That's, the, that's really the heart's desire. Mm. Yeah. The heart's desire is not to keep you and grow a staff or have another school. Yeah. No, honestly. And yeah. Yeah. I, I, they don't know this. You know, I'm usually on the road, you know, 150 days, 200 year, days a year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, one of the ups on the pandemic is I couldn't. Yeah. But that actually caused God to really show me that the more important thing right now is invest in another generation yeah. wow. with a lot of hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I haven't done that, you know, for 30-some years. Oh. Yeah. So here we are. Yeah, here we are. Yeah, we've hung out with you quite a while. <laughs> it's been such a privilege. Yeah. yeah. Huge privilege. Aren't sick of me yet. You no, know? not yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think yeah. as we're thinking about just wrapping up this session here and, you know, it's my birthday. <laughs> I'm coming back to the idea and saying... You want like, presents? You want people to send them? Yeah, yeah. come on. Drop your Venmo and cash out. What would you say to the young Jeremy who's just on fire, ready to go out, change the world? What's just something that you would say to him uh, to, like, just direct him? Yeah, get grounded, yeah. build a foundation, get rooted. I mean, it's everything will yeah. be affected by that. Mm. And again, that's why we're in Kansas City. I didn't choose Kansas City because of, you know, the location and the mountains and the beach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so many mountains here. This is really a spiritual hub yeah. in, many, in many respects of things that are happening globally. And the fact that we're next to the International House of Prayer and they prayed for 21 years nonstop with millions of hours of prayer. And the teaching wow. has come out of here about intimacy and deep relationship. And and Mike Bickle himself has lived it yeah. for 40 years in a fasted life. It's a great place to get grounded. Yeah. And missionally, we've had so many engagements and big missional things Yeah. through the Call of All movement and what we've done with evangelism and so on. There's a lot of understanding that can come to how you do your field assignment, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. whatever it is. So all I'm saying is get grounded personally yeah. and then get connected to half, who you need to be connected with. Yeah. So when you're deployed into whatever, yeah. 
you've got the foundation built to be able to do it. That's really yeah, good. That's really good. Don't yeah. skip the foundation. Yeah. Or your good. house won't make it too well. Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Mark, again for taking yeah. one of your countless hours that you spent with us. Uh, we really appreciate it. And thank you all for listening. We hope that you enjoyed it and that these helped answer some questions about some other roadblocks that you might be facing uh, while you're doing your calling and whatever you feel called to do, whether it's in business or missions or whatever you feel called to. So thank you guys. See ya. See ya.